0: Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson.
1: Matt, how are things? Things are okay. It took us a little bit of <laughs> technical issues to get this thing rolling, but uh, we're, we are rolling. We have a great guest, so let's just dig right in, man. I'm psyched to talk.
0: Yeah, I am too. We've, we've got a first-time guest, which uh, I, I'm excited about as well. We've got Danny Kelly from The Ringer. Danny, how are things, man?
2: Uh, things are going really well. How are you guys doing?
0: We're Excellent. good. We're we're excited for the draft. As we're recording oh, yeah. today, we are exactly 1 month or I guess exactly 4 weeks from the NFL draft. And I know you've been killing it over at the Ringer with your draft content.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's super exciting. I'm doing a doing a full draft guide this year for the first time. So that's really been a lot of fun. I finally gotten to I've been I've been I love the draft for for years. And but I've never really put together like a full report before so this has been a lot of
1: fun how lengthy will it be i mean like how many guys are you write up
2: the the goal is to get to 100 wow. um right right now it's at 64 or it will be at 64 early next week i already submitted all that um and then we're just gonna kind of i think add like 10 or 15 each week until the draft
0: cool very cool
2: yeah it's fun
0: yeah i was checking that out today and just thinking about how much work that is of course a lot, a <laughs> lot of sites have things like that but kind of looks like you're a one-man one-man team over there at the ringer when it comes to the NFL draft.
2: So I'm doing all the scouting reports. So yeah, uh, it's been, it's been crazy, but I love it. I mean, I really do like the draft has always been one of the most fun times of the year. And so it's f- fun to finally put it all on paper, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Danny, we were talking uh, over the past couple of weeks and it, it seems like you're kind of coming over to our, our world a little bit. You're <laughs> You're becoming, I guess, a little more entrenched in dynasty leagues, and yeah, you've told me that you're kind of getting into them more. You joined one of my leagues uh, earlier this week, so
2: I did. Yeah, that's going to be fun to rehabilitate that team. <laughs> yeah, you've you've got some work to do, but
0: <laughs> you can do it. Matt Matt's been there. I've given him some him some uh, pretty rough teams before as well. He's he's done well with them.
2: I just feel like I, I got a team that was from like probably really, really strong in twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen.
1: Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ryan gave me one in hyperactive four, I think my third year though, I got it to an undefeated team. So it's possible. Nice. I mean, there we go. The productive I'm struggle.
2: Yeah. I'm gonna do the I'm gonna go the way of the dolphins and just rebuild from the ground up, I think.
1: Makes it fun.
0: Nice, nice. I'll I'll have to send you some trade offers then. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Danny, what is it, though, that kind of got you more interested in Dynasty this offseason? Man, I don't know why I haven't done
2: it before because I love the format in the sense that you can find and identify, you know, guys from the ground up in terms of, you know, you're getting the rookies and developing guys and sleepers that are younger and and are going to get good in maybe two or three years. I just love that part of it. And I think it kind of goes hand in hand with. Um, getting a lot more in depth on the draft and things like that you know obviously um, you want to find guys receivers running back quarterbacks guys that are you know just starting their career that have tons of upside so I love that part of it because in redraft and even in keeper leagues when you find a sleeper most times you're not going to end up keeping them for you know the next season because your, your keepers are typically like entrenched or whatever but I think I, I love that part of it, just the development of your your bench stuff. I think that's like finding sleepers and stuff is is a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, I think you're exactly right. And even with the draft, it seems like if you're just a redraft player, you can almost ignore the draft content and 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 <laughs> yeah. just kind of skip it all together, uh, which is no fun. We we love the NFL draft around here. That's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Your most recent mock draft that you've released for the ringer uh, was just a couple weeks ago. I know you're going to have another one updated soon. So we're just going to run through position by position, uh, talk about some of the potential landing spots that you have some of these rookies going to currently and other, other teams that might be interested in drafting those, uh, those players. So let's start with the quarterback and like, pretty much everyone now you've got kyler murray going to arizona with the 1.01 pick it, are we just are we ready to lock that in now as as kind of the gospel that we know that's what's going to happen
2: <laughs> uh i think you know it's one of those things where i'm probably not going to you can change it in your mock drafts or whatever but i think it's more of an exercise of what could happen because i think that's what's going to happen right now at least that's how it feels and so you know i i'm pretty much convinced that they're going to do it and it sounds like most of the reports and, and um, you know the scuttlebutt of late is that they're going to take Kyler. But uh, anything can happen. It's a, there's still a month towards the draft, and at this time last year, we all thought Sam Darnold was number one pick. So yeah. uh, I'm still kind of keeping an eye or keeping an open mind. But my, my gut tells me it's going to be Kyler
1: at number one. I'd be blown away if it doesn't happen. I, mean, I think it's yeah. close to a done deal.
0: So how do you how do you both see the the Josh Rosen situation playing out? Are they are they going to get good value for him?
2: I bet they'll get a second. That would be my guess. I don't know if anyone's going to give up a first. It sounds like that's what they're doing. They're trying to, you know, wait and see if someone will be willing to give up that first. But uh, that first season was just rough, man. So um, I think that kind of hurt his value. But, you know, he still has the potential to do the golf thing and kind of turn around in the right system. And, you know, the, the support system around him was so terrible in Arizona that it just kind of it's really difficult to just, you know, even tell much from that season, I think.
1: I think the best they could do would be that early Giants second rounder.
2: Yeah, and and that's a like so that's a possible right. landing spot, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've been rumored to the Chargers, Patriots, Giants. I bet more teams would dip their toe in that water too.
0: Yeah, they 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 should, especially at that price. I think
1: absolutely.
2: The
0: fact that if you don't
2: have to trade up to get him, you know, trading up, it, it, taking a taking a quarterback with a first rounder is one thing, and trading up to get a guy with a first rounder is another. So. Not having to give up like a future first or, you know, multiple picks to get a guy. I think yeah, there's definitely value there if you're only giving up one pick.
1: Yeah, I 100 agree.
0: Yeah, speaking of the Giants, you have them taking uh, a quarterback as well, Dwayne Haskins, with the sixth overall pick. Of course, there's there's been a lot of a uh, lot of discussion <laughs> around the Giants this offseason, uh, really for the past year or so since they made that uh, that Saquon Barkley pick. It just seems like this team can't get anything right, <laughs> Danny. What do you think is the right move for them? Is it taking the quarterback now? Is it waiting another year for that twenty twenty class that that looks like a strong one at the quarterback position?
2: Man, that I mean that's tough because it, you know there's the it's kind of a cliche at this point that oh yeah next year's class looks so good yeah um, but at the same time you know that if you're gonna have if you it, it, the Giants, I think, if they took a quarterback this year, you could make the argument that they're kind of doing what the, the Cardinals did last year, in the sense that you have no support system around him. I mean, you just traded away superstar receiver. Um, you know, they're still doing a lot of work on on their offensive line, and, and I mean, obviously they've made some changes, but we'll see how that goes. And their defense isn't ready, I don't think, to be elite. So there, it, you're you're gonna drop that guy into a system that's not ready. But now, of course, they're gonna have Eli, so there's gonna be that bridge. Um, if I'm them, I'm still taking Haskins or whoever's there, you know, if, if, if Kyler drops for some reason, then definitely take him. I don't think they would just because I think that, uh, you know, that front office is so old school or whatever, but, um, yeah, I think, you know, with Eli as a bridge, the wait till next year thing is less of a factor, I guess is kind of how I feel, but, um, waiting and waiting until next year is, is always a risk.
1: Are you high enough on Haskins that you would consider going from six to two or three or something like that to make sure you get him?
2: Nah, uh, that's tough. Yeah. Um, cost you a third I, or you know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm high enough on him. I, I like him at number six, and I wouldn't even blame the Raiders if they took him at number four. But again, it's the same deal. If you're giving up future picks or you know multiple picks to get a guy, that definitely ups the risk factor. Um, I I like Haskins a lot, but you know, one year starter, um, you know, not a lot of experience. There's some, there's some things to kind of overcome. And so uh, it's, it's definitely a risk.
0: Danny, in that, that first mock we mentioned, Murray and Haskins were the only quarterbacks you had uh, going, of course, in, in the past couple weeks or so. Drew Locke has gotten, gotten quite a bit of first round buzz. Even Daniel Jones is starting to be projected as a first rounder, maybe to the Giants with that uh, with that later first round pick they have, do you see both of those guys when draft day comes here in four weeks? Do you see both of those quarterbacks cracking the first round?
2: It start. It's starting to really feel like that's what's going to happen. I don't think that's what should happen, right. but every year, you know, the, it just seems like that's what the NFL does. I mean, the quarterback position is so important, and so I kind of get it. But at the same time, I mean, teams just talk themselves into guys. Um, in my upcoming draft, I'm gonna actually have Drew Locke going to the Giants. In my upcoming mock, I mean, um, I'm gonna have Drew Locke going to the Giants at number 17. So, I could definitely see it happen. I could see that be Daniel Jones as well. Um, sounds like they like him a lot. But right now, it's just so hard to kind of gauge what's smoke screen and what's what's real. Um, but yeah, I could see, I could definitely see three or maybe even four quarterbacks come off the board in the first round. It's just that's kind of how what happens. It seems to happen every year.
1: I'd be shocked if Washington, Miami, the Giants, if they don't go Haskins at six, even Denver, Cincinnati, if they all passed on lock, that seems unlikely just with how the league goes. But I'm, I'm totally with you. that Jones Jones feels like a guy we're manufacturing into a first round pick.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously the numbers aren't everything. And if you look at, if you watch the tape, like his quarter or his receiver core just dropped an incredible amount of passes. And so, um, you know, you have to take it all with a grain of salt. But his numbers are terrible. I mean, it's like sub fifty nine or sub sixty completion percentage in college. Um, lots and lots of picks. Uh, you know, just his his uh, A dot was really low. I there's just the numbers alone really scare me. When you watch the tape, I think he's way too inaccurate deep. Really scattershot, deep passer. Uh, the decision making I thought was suspect um you know again you have to take everything with a grain of salt because he's playing in a in on an offense with a lack of talent but um at the same time man i just i i didn't see it if anything he would be to me like a a third round flyer or something like that just based on his his uh his frame and i guess the intangibles and things like that but yeah i just uh, the to me the tape doesn't scream first rounder at all
0: no danny you we kind of mentioned the the idea of waiting till next year we've got Tua Tagovailoa, we've got Jake Fromm, we've got Justin Herbert, who are all potentially in that class of 2020. And fantasy players, especially dynasty owners, it's really easy for us to say, oh, just wait until next year. Do teams think like that, though? I mean, the Dolphins, I guess, are the ones that are being most talked about as with that that total teardown that you referenced earlier. Um so I don't I don't know if it would make sense for them to take a quarterback now or maybe they do just wait till next year. Is that is that a mindset that NFL teams even have?
2: I think that it, well it depends obviously because it depends on how much job security a GM and slash coach have. If if you're like uh, if you're like the Dolphins right now where you just hired a coach, I'm assuming they've given him like a couple years to like do this rebuild. You know because it seems like that was the plan all along, basically. You know, they're trading away their quarterback. They're trading away most of their big assets, building up draft capital, building up cap space. That guy, he's got multiple years to do this, I think. And so um, I'm actually blanking on his name right now. <laughs> what, what's the, yes, yeah, yeah. that's right. Sorry about that. Um But yeah, so I think, you know, he's got multiple years to do this. He can, I think, say, let's wait till next year or, or even, you know, let's go for 2021. Let's get, let's get Trevor Lawrence or whatever, yeah. but. Um, but on the other hand, I think teams, you know, that, are, that definitely don't have as much leeway, I think, can't think like that, you know? And so, um, you know, it just depends on, on where I think a coach is or a GM is in the, the life cycle of their, of their tenure, I guess, and, and how much confidence they have in, in how much confidence I guess the ownership has in them.
1: Right, and I think it's dangerous business to look, I know they do, especially at quarterbacks, I mean, these guys are scouting juniors and whatnot when they go into Oregon or wherever. But it's dangerous business, like as we find out in Dynasty. Like, oh, next year's running back class is awesome. Trade all your first round picks. You know, it doesn't always work out. I think it's awful hard to predict the future that far in advance.
2: I mean, we can't. Yeah, we can't even do it midway through the season. It feels like because if if you even go through the college season, like there was a lot of buzz on on uh, you know like Finley, and he's kind of turned into a, a mid rounder at this point. Um, things like that, where you, you just can't really predict exactly where a guy's gonna like
1: end up being in the draft process. And no one was talking about Wentz when he came out. You know what I mean? Like it's changes yeah, so much. Yeah,
0: right. Even even Justin Herbert, we all had him locked in as the as the top overall pick this year. And and even with that, you know, being a strong option, he still goes back to school. So you know, maybe Tua goes back. Maybe Jake Fromm goes back, and and that class isn't as strong as as we thought it might be. I mean, luck but, did that.
1: Yeah, I mean he was a yep. slam dunk first overall.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, I think he just, yeah, it, the the whole next year thing, you, you really have to devalue. I think what what is going to happen next year? It's kind of like trading future picks. Like you, you automatically devalue those just because you have so much uncertainty.
1: Yeah, that's fair. Ryan, I know we're going to talk running backs here in a moment, but if I want to tell our buddies about Harry's yet again, it's been a little while and they are back, and we are super excited about it. For those of you longtime listeners, you've heard me tell you about Harry's before, and even with my podcast going back to my ESPN days, they were a sponsor, and before I knew about them, I was an electric razor guy, and then when they came along, I'm like, I'll give it a try, but my face will end up breaking out. I have real sensitive skin. Not at all the case, and I was immediately hooked, and they are absolutely all I've used pretty much, what, for the last six, seven years, something like that. So there's been 10 million of us who have tried Harry's, And you guys can all claim your trial offer by going to harrys.com slash dynasty. Uh, That's all caps, just to make sure. But Harry's founders were tired of paying up for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. They knew a great shave doesn't come down from gimmicks like vibrating heads, flex balls, or handles that look like spaceships. Tactics that that the leading brands have used to raise prices for decades. They fixed that by combining a simple, clean design with quality, durable blades at an extremely fair price. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. They received over 20,000 five-star reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Harry's replacement cartridges are only 2 bucks each, which is like half the price of the Gillette Fusion Pro Shields. All Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. And if you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. So... You get a $13 value trial set that comes with everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. It's a weighted handle, five-blade razor with lubricating strip and a trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel and a travel blade cover. And our listeners to our show can redeem their, their free trial set at harrys.com dynasty. Make sure you go to harrys.com dynasty to redeem your offer and let them know we sent you to help support the show.
0: Matt Robert Kraft has had had a bad enough off season. Now you're trashing Gillette. That's, that's right. <laughs> they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's been downhill for him since then. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the running backs, and I think we've we've all pretty much accepted uh, this is not going to be a running back class like we saw last year. Certainly, like we saw in 2017, we don't have that that top dog who's going to be a top five or or ten pick, and Danny, in fact, in your previous mock, you didn't have any running backs in that first round, which uh, has been fairly common, though. We've started to see Josh Jacobs creep up into maybe that late first round. I don't know if you want to give us any spoilers for this upcoming uh, mock draft that you're releasing soon, but is Josh Jacobs your top running back off the board?
2: Yeah, he's my top guy, and in my upcoming draft, I got him going to the Raiders. Um, I don't necessarily think that... um you know, the signing for, uh, for what's his face. Gosh, I'm blanking on names. Yeah.
0: Crowell. Yeah. For
2: Isaiah Crowell. Um, I don't think necessarily that stops them from investing in that, uh, you know, in that position they've done so much at other positions, this off season receiver. Um, you know, they obviously signed a couple of guys and I think that they could still try and, and put as much support either, you know, either around, uh, whether they, they continue with Derek Carr, um, or, you know, draft a quarterback early on in the in the dra- in the round or whatever. I think that they want to, you know, build as much talent on that offense as possible. So, um I got I got them going with Jacobs in the with the 27th pick, their third first rounder. Um and I think that's definitely a possible landing spot. I think they could also he could also land in Philly. You know, Philly fans have been yelling at me if I if I make that connection, but I could, I think it could happen. Um and then, you know, there's a couple other places potentially in the first round, but those are the two ones that stand out to me the most.
1: Yeah, they absolutely stand out. I mean, I think Philly's in it to win it, and the e- and the Raiders have two picks in that neighborhood, and I think they're doing everything possible to make Carr's life as easy as possible to evaluate him one year and see where they stand with him. And Jacobs would totally help.
2: Exactly. Yeah that that's that's my line of thinking. I think it makes a lot of sense for the Raiders, and so um, yeah, I think you know that late first round to me. You know, obviously the, the question of value is still there, but it's not a top 10. It's not even a top 15 pick, and so it's a little bit less egregious in my mind to go with the, a first-round running back that late. I mean, the, the Patriots did it, so um, so it's it's just one of those things. I, I hated it when the Seahawks did it last year, but um, I don't think it's as egregious as doing it in like the top 10 or 15.
1: Position value aside, is he one of the best 25 players in this draft?
2: Um, I think in overall, I've got him somewhere in the 30s. I can't okay. remember off the top of my head, but, but in that um, neighborhood, you know, it, I. But I baked in a little bit of position value, I think, too, in in my rankings. And so, um, I just think he, he there's definitely a lot of questions with him and in, in his profile in the sense that he was a, a committee back, um, not very many explosive runs, which isn't the nece- ne- It's not necessarily the end of the world, um, but it is something to kind of think about. Uh, but overall, I like him a lot. I think he's a good player. I think he's really um, powerful, runs with a lot of violence, and, and is a very good receiver. And so I think all those things together would make him, give him potential to be a really good running back in the NFL.
0: Danny, you talked, of course, about Oakland. You mentioned Philadelphia. What are some other teams, maybe in the, the second and third round, that might look at one of these running backs?
2: Well... Do you think the Bills are in, in the market? I mean, they've got two yes. really really old running backs at this at the time, um, so I think be. they kind of they kind of stand out. Yeah, yeah. and so um, I think just looking down the line, you know, the Colts seem to be pretty flush. You know, they could still do it because they've got a lot of capital and everything. But I think the Colts are probably fine. Cardinals no, uh, 49ers, no. At this point, they've got like five too guys. Many, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about the Jaguars? Do you think they Do you think they could just give up on Fournette and go with an like early second round?
1: Danny, I, I saw you at the Combine, and, and that <laughs> night that we had dinner, somebody told me the Jags do not like or trust Fournette at all. So that wouldn't shock me at all. The, yeah. the Bears are another team to come to mind, too.
2: Oh, yeah, because they're trying to trade Howard. Yeah that, yeah, that would be a good fit. Let's see, who, who else? The Lions, probably not. Nah, Bengals, not probably not. There's not
1: many spots. Houston?
2: Yeah, I could see Houston for sure. I don't think, uh, you know, Miller hasn't really been, I think, what they wanted him to be necessarily. Mm -hmm. He's not young anymore. Right. Exactly. So I could could definitely see them. Um, What about the Steelers? I do think they'll take
1: somebody, but I think it'll be third, fourth round, somebody with receiving skills, maybe a Daryl Henderson or, you know, a Singletary. I mean, one of the smaller, not every down guys, but I do think they'll draft somebody as early as round three.
2: Yeah, I could definitely see that. You know, other than that, the second round it's a lot of teams that are already kind of set at the position. I could see maybe the Saints doing it at the very end of the round, but yeah. um you know, just because of the way that they value the run game and balance and all that. But I mean, you got the Patriots and Chiefs and those, you know, the Chargers, they already spent a first-rounder a couple of years ago on that position. Cowboys, you know, the Eagles we already talked about.
1: Vikings are somewhat of a long shot. I mean, Dalvin Cook's banged up a lot. Yeah? Yeah. They're number fifty right now, so that
2: could—that's definitely a possibility. So yeah,
0: there's some spots. Danny, you mentioned the Chiefs there, and of course that's that's been a hot topic with what they've gone through. I guess over the past several months, uh, with with the cream hunt situation and and Damian Williams really coming on strong to end the season. M- Matt thinks they're set with Carlos Hyde. Do you think they could? Do you think they could draft a running back and? how comfortable do they feel with Hyde and Williams as their duo right now
2: i lean towards no just because of the amount of needs they have at other positions <clears throat> i think i mean it's certainly possible and, and you know adding a dynamic another dynamic running back to that offense would probably be a lot of fun but at the same time i kind of feel like uh reed probably knows that he can get <clears throat> or at least i would think he knows he can get pretty good production in his offense from uh you know quote no name guys or relatively no name guys or whatever um you know we saw that last year uh, what was uh hunt was a third rounder
1: yeah was uh, yeah, he I believe
2: yeah, so yeah. i just can't see them doing anything until at least the third round but that's just a hunch
1: they just see so much on defense
2: yeah i think that's the thing and then that, you know there's a, the other thing is uh they could potentially go receiver just because of Tyreek kill's uh, uncertain future too
0: mm we don't. We don't want to talk about that. No. <laughs> the, the Tyreek Hill fan in me does not want to think about that. But right. Uh, of, of course, if if that all is true, you know, no, none of us will be Tyreek Hill fans anymore. Obviously. So
2: of course, yeah, we'll, right. We'll,
0: we'll let that play out and, and see what happens. Let's move on to the wide receiver position, though. Uh, and, and this for dynasty owners, this is really where it's at this year. This is a stacked <laughs> class, and this is this is the one that people have been looking forward to really for years, honestly, since a lot of these guys were top recruits coming into college. Uh, You currently have three wide receivers in your first round. And I think you may be adding even more in that upcoming mock, but uh, we'll, we'll let you talk about that if you want. DK Metcalf (laughs) is the number one guy off the board. Uh, You've got him going to Tampa Bay with the fifth overall pick for him. I mean, that combine, even that, that one day of, of working out was kind of a tale of, of two players. He he, (laughs) really was, he wowed us with the, with the physique and, and with that 40 time. And then the agility stuff was, was just a disaster. So (laughs) obviously you still think that NFL teams are going to value him uh, pretty highly. What are your, what are your current thoughts on Metcalf? Well,
2: yeah, I think it's you know I got I think I got some guff for for that pick in the sense that you know obviously the Buccaneers could use some some talent on the edge and in the defense and all that, but I don't know. To me, just putting Metcalf, who, who's whose skill and talent, I think fits perfectly with what I imagine Arians wants to do in that in that offense in terms of just opening things up, going deep. Um, imagine him opposite Mike Evans. Like I just or- think it. Man, that would be so much fun. And I just think he's perfectly uh, a good fit for what they want to do. Um, you know, the, where, you know, he can get deep in an instant, got a huge catch radius. He's really good on, you know, catching p- passes kind of out of his frame. Um, he does a lot of things really, really well. So, of course, the uh, agility thing is a huge question mark. Um, but I mean, if you're just going to run him vertically, run him on posts, run him down the sideline. Um, stress the defense. He's a field tilter. I think it kind of the thing where you have to, you have a defense, you have to kind of keep an eye on him at all times. Um, so I just thought it would be a really interesting and, and potentially great uh, match. I think he could really fit in that offense. And so that's kind of where I saw him. Um, if he doesn't go there, you know, he could potentially fall a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Evans didn't have great agility numbers either. I mean, it, it, and he's worked out quite well because he's used properly, I don't know if T-Bay could afford to go with Metcalf there because their defense needs so much. <laughs> right. But I do right. love everything you said about the scheme fit and Arians knowing how to use them, vertical routes, putting them opposite Evans. That would be fun.
2: I mean, and just picture him, you know, uh, Jameis is kind of known for the hero ball thing and, and just tossing it up with, with no regard for what's going on. I think Metcalf is a good fit for that too, in the sense that, you know, he's good. in, in uh, at. I saw this. I, I put this in my scouting report that he has a really good ability to reel in passes that are off target. And then I saw, um, I think, uh, you know, PFF tweeted this the other day that he was tops in the class in, in catching um, off target passes. And hmm. so um, I just think it's a great fit there It number five might be a little bit rich for sure. Um, but I mean, like imagine a couple of years ago, there's like three top 10 receivers. And so um, I think the NFL sh- certainly values receivers and, and dynamic ones. So, um, I'm not putting it kinda of, I'm not like giving up on the thought, I guess.
1: I think they have a great chance of trading down too. You know, maybe Denver yeah. sneaks in there to take Haskins or and then you take Metcalf five spots later, you know. Totally,
2: totally. I think that could absolutely happen.
0: And we also heard Bruce Arians just this week talk about Chris Godwin as uh, as their slot receiver, potentially. So that would kinda of go along with, with what you're saying as well, with Evans right. and, and DK both on the outside.
2: Man, imagine that offense, that'd be fun. Uh, OJ <laughs> Howard.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you Howard too.
0: Yeah, who, who needs a running game with that? <laughs> uh, the next guy you have off the board, and this is becoming uh, not only a popular pick as far as the player, but also a, a popular landing spot. You've got the Steelers taking Hakeem Butler with the 20th overall pick. We've seen Butler being mocked uh, in the first round more and more routinely since the combine. I think. I I don't want to give you too much credit here, Danny, but I think you were the first person I saw with him in that first round. I know Evan Silva has him there with (laughs) this exact pick now uh, to the Steelers. So uh, Butler's a guy that I've been a big fan of throughout this process and Mm -hmm. love to see him getting some first round buzz now.
2: It's funny because, I mean, I I love him. I know that the, the momentum has definitely been building on him as a first rounder. I heard uh, Dane Brugler say on his podcast the other day that uh, the NFL does not love him as much as Twitter seems to love him. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really fascinating to see kind of what happens in the draft. It, you know, it obviously only takes one team, but um, what he's hearing is that I guess teams are not quite as high on him as, as a lot of people are. So um, he'll be, a, he'll be a great, I guess, litmus test for that. But I just think he has so much upside. I mean, obviously physical freak, you know, extremely, extremely athletic, you know can jump out the uh, out the stadium uh super super fast downfield he's got build up speed he can get behind a defense um and then obviously the catch radius is just outstanding so um i think he'd be a fun fit in in pittsburgh obviously matt you probably know a little bit better than me but i think you just in terms of what you know their offense calls for the deep balls and and his ability to play over the middle of the field too i think he'd be a great fit there
1: yeah i do too i i like this pick a lot um Devin Bush is the one everybody wants at 20 for the Steelers I think it's less and less likely he's available I think Butler would be a fine consolation prize and I think there'll be more in the market for a an outside big receiver as opposed to the slot type because Juju's so good in the slot
2: yeah totally and he I think he can definitely I think he can play out there for sure he's mm-hmm. got the size the speed um I don't think he had any like he maybe had a few issues but I I, I don't think he's gonna have a problem getting off press I just think I think he'll be really good as long as he can, you know, manage to clean up the the drop issue, which I think has been a little bit of an issue, but um, it doesn't worry me too much.
1: People don't worry about drops as much as fans do.
2: I think that's true. Yeah, yeah absolutely.
0: Danny, the next guy you had was Nikhil Harry. You had him going to Baltimore at twenty two. Baltimore, whether it's Harry. Butler, Metcalf, in any of these guys. AJ Brown. Yeah, yeah, AJ Brown. They seem destined to take a wide receiver early. (laughs) I should hope so. And yeah. Yeah, they have to. And Dynasty owners are are just kind of playing hot potato with this because they Mm -hmm. don't want their favorite incoming rookie wide receiver (laughs) to land with Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. But it's gonna be one of them. Maybe it's Nikhil Harry.
2: I well the reason I went with Harry is because I think that Harry can play in the slot really well. I think he's he's good in, in the slot inside. Um, he, he's, you know, he profiles still. He can play outside for sure. Um, but just based on my impression of Lamar Jackson in his rookie year, he was very comfortable throwing to the slot, throwing over the middle of the field. Um, that was just more his game. I think Harry's a very good run blocker, which fits their you know personality, their philosophy. Um, big guy. It gives him a big target. Uh, so yeah, I think they need to get, they need to get some help in the passing game. I mean, if you look at their receiver debt, I was looking at their receiver depth chart the other it's day and much. there was like s- several guys I'd literally never heard of. Right.
1: <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, it's really bad. I mean, and it just goes to show no free agents ever going to want to go there. I mean, play in the way yeah. they do at that position. Harry's a perfect fit. I have not seen that mock b- happen before, but I like that a lot. That's exactly what they're after. Slot guy, big catch radius blocker, all the things you said. That's a great fit.
2: And he's good on um, – he's underrated for his ability to get yak too. I think he's good on screens, um, physical runner after the catch. And so I think all of that kind of fits their schematic philosophy. And, and obviously you're right. For for dynasty purposes, it would suck if you spent <laughs> right. a first, first the first pick on Harry and then he went to the Ravens, but – I think it's a possibility.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm afraid it might be as well. So we talked <laughs> about Metcalf, Butler, and Nikhil Harry. You mentioned A.J. Brown. I feel like he has at least a chance to crack the first round as well. Any other wide receivers that we could see as first rounders? Maybe Marquise so Brown?
2: Yeah, I was gonna say okay. the, the first guy that comes to mind is Marquise Brown. He is polarizing, of course, because mm-hmm. you know he, he's really small. He had the foot injury, the Lis Frank injury, which could sap him of some of his most important skill, which is just blazing speed. Um, so I'm I'm on the fence about him. I, I really don't know. Um, I think there's a couple dark horse guys that could potentially sneak into the first round. You know, Debo Samuel. I think there's some teams that are really going to like him. His production wasn't where I think a lot of people would want it to be necessarily for a first-round pick, but he's he's just so dynamic and, and, you know, physical, and he's kind of a unique body type for a receiver. He could be a guy that could sneak in. I think maybe Calvin Harmon could sneak in. Although his, his momentum after the combine seems to go in the opposite direction. You know, he, yeah. he's yeah. just – he didn't have an outstanding combine. Um, I want to say his arms were really short, which – maybe something that turns people off a little bit. And, you know, just overall, his athletic profile wasn't exactly, you know, an eye-popping thing, and so he could be potentially falling a little bit.
0: Uh, So let's see, we we talked Ravens, we talked Steelers, Tampa Bay. What other teams, whether it's first round or maybe even second or third round, what other teams could be in the market for a receiver?
2: So I mentioned the Chiefs before. The Chiefs potentially could be, I think, just based on – the, the uncertain future and it sounded like they were there was uh i think jay glazer said they were potentially trying to trade tyree kill so you know i don't know what's going on there um in my next mock i actually gave the packers Debo samuel which i'm sure a lot of people are probably going to think is maybe a bit out out you know not going to happen but i thought the way that they're sort of building their offense they could use a guy over the middle of the field um dynamic and i actually compared him to a, a thick randall cobb so i could see him kind of like fitting into what they like to do. Let's see here. The Raiders obviously the Colts potentially. Absolutely. You think they could go with the receiver in a first round?
1: I could see all three of those teams in that division besides Houston considering receiver very early. Jacksonville, yeah. Tennessee yeah. opposite Corey Davis, certainly the Colts.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um not the Falcons. I doubt the Dolphins at this point. I doubt the Panthers, because they've sunk a lot of resources into the receiver position lately. Are the Vikings a dark horse? Potentially do that?
1: I don't know about that early because their line is so bad. Uh, you know, I almost feel like they have to take a lineman. I feel like that way with Houston too. But maybe in the second round? I mean, they're so reliant yeah. on those two pass catchers there. They need another yeah, guy.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think the Chargers... No. Probably not the Rams at this point. Patriots, potentially.
1: For sure. I mean, they need... Yeah, Their receiving core is really bad. How about Seattle with the Baldwin News?
2: I mean, it wouldn't. I don't think it's necessarily out of the realm of possibility. They did spend a first round pick on Percy Harvin. It wasn't a draft pick, but mm-hmm. um, you know, they. I think they. That tells me they value explosiveness and and touchdown making and things like that. They spent a first rounder on Jimmy Graham too. So, I believe they did. Right? Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Um, so, so and Mike Younger. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and oh, Rashad God. Penny. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I so yeah I could see the I could see the Seahawks being a part of that. Um, it kind of goes against sort of their philosophy of run for you know not run first necessarily but balance. But at the same time, it's kind of like the Ravens deal. Like, is any big time you know free agent going to go to Seattle where they pass the ball less than any team in the NFL? Mm-hmm maybe they do need to use a draft pick for that. So uh, it's it's in the realm of possibility. I
1: think Cardinals at the beginning of round two could as well. I mean, they're going to be a lot of four-receiver sets. You know, there's, there's a lot of oh, yeah, that can sure. receivers. Oh, yeah, for
2: sure. Do you think the 49ers are still in the in the market for another receiver?
1: I think it's go big or go home for them. Like, if they would have added a stud, you know, or if they trade out a number two and they take Metcalf at eight or nine, maybe, but they're not going to take one of two. Maybe they would take, you know, a, a Harry or a Butler at the, the top of the second round.
2: Yeah, that's where I was looking. I think 36 right now is a definite possibility for them. Giants 37, Jags 38, Buccaneers 39. That that could be a real run on receivers right there, don't you think?
1: Brown, Brown, all those guys like we mentioned, yeah. if they don't go right away. Yeah. Makes some sense.
0: Whether these guys are our first rounders or not, we could see them early in the second come off the board.
1: There may be yeah, six absolutely. or seven top 50 picks.
2: Yeah, totally. Do you think do you guys? What do you guys take on our Sega White side?
1: I love our Sega White side.
2: <laughs> I think he's he's uh, polarizing though. I I like him too, but he's polarizing.
0: Yeah, I think um, I I think he's just viewed pro- from an NFL and and from a fantasy standpoint as well as just kind of having a, a a limited ceiling. Um, you know, maybe right, maybe like right. a, a safe player, but not. Not a home run type pick, uh, again, both in the NFL and in Dynasty drafts. So um, as of what, based on what we know right now, he's a guy I'm going to be targeting in the late first round. Mm-hmm. Uh, but from what I've seen in mock drafts and things like that, that's probably uh, earlier than you might have <laughs> to take him.
1: I don't know about you guys, but he's as good a jump ball, go up and get it guy that I've seen. And that's going to translate yep. to touchdowns, which translates yep. to fantasy, you know?
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I agree completely. I think it depends a little bit on what system he ends up in. You have to get him in a, a, a offense, I think, that has a quarterback that passes with anticipation and is willing to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can get him with a quarterback that, you know, likes to throw it up and, and trusts his guy, then I think he could be really good. The other guy I think that could sneak into the early second or maybe potentially the first round is Paris Campbell.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, yeah, yep.
2: Just because I, the NFL, I think, really does value explosiveness. Like his, his, you know, rare speed and explosiveness trumps the the fact that he ran a very limited route tree. And and he, I mean, he's very much similar. Similar, I think, to Percy Harvin. A lot of people compare him also to Curtis Samuel. Which I, think, I think Curtis Samuel, Percy Harvin, somewhere in the middle. And both of those guys, you know, have second round potentially late first round value. And so I think I could see a team doing that.
1: With all the jet motion you see and the way they use like Tyreek Hill and all these fast receivers behind the line of scrimmage, he's like the best one in this class for that regard.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, his if he gets in an offense that really likes to stretch a defense, uh, you know, horizontally, pre, pre-snap, post-snap, um, I think that's huge. I think that will definitely be something – that can add a lot of value to an offense, and you got to work him into your, de- your into your scheme deep, and he's got to prove that he can kind of be that guy. But um, you know, I think the, I think teams really, I think the NFL values
1: explosiveness. Yeah, I do too, uh, folks. By now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online. It's a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team just like an NFL general, general manager. But the question is, folks, have you even tried it yet? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the Dynasty community is all about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie auctions, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and way more. Think it sounds complicated? It really isn't at all. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is it doesn't just take... More time than a standard league, it requires more strategy. So there's a little more thinking, but it doesn't take more time. Think you're among the fantasy elite, which you probably do if you're listening to us. Well, this is a platform to test your mettle. Still not sure? You can go test out your general manager skills for free in a mock-free agency auction. You gotta try this out, guys. If you do like what you see, use our promo code BLUEPRINT, all one word, all lowercase, and you receive 10% off on your team or your league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Go check that out.
0: All right, guys, let's finish up with the tight end position. Uh, it seems like this year it's it's all about these big three tight ends. Danny, the first one you have off the board is TJ Hawkinson to the Packers with the 12th overall pick. Uh, there's just been so much talk about him, not only as the top tight end, but as, as likely a top 10 pick or top 10, 12 pick.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's he's really, he's been, I guess, one of the biggest uh, post-season risers, right? I think because yep. c- coming, coming out of the season, I think people were aware of him, but he's really, really jumped onto a lot of people's radars. And um, his ability to block, his athleticism, um, kind of that combined, I think, makes him what, to me, looks like a really high floor guy and obviously a really high ceiling, too. But, um, you know, he, he feels like a very safe pick. And the way that a lot of teams are using um, tw- uh, 12 and 21 personnel more often, um, or just 12 personnel more often, I think it, it is important going forward. And so I think he could have a big impact going forward. So I like him a lot. I really like Fant, too, a lot. Though. I think Fant can can block as well, and so he, he kind of gives that value, too.
0: Yeah, they're both, at this point, seemingly locks to be first-rounders somewhere. I guess the question is – can they get down? Will either of those guys, or will it be the third, uh, Irv Smith from Alabama, that the Patriots target, or or do they throw us all off and uh, and go away from the tight end position? Of course that uh, that situation changed over the past few days with Rob Gronkowski's retirement. Mm-hmm. How do you think New England reacts to this? Do they do what is is seemingly the obvious move and draft one of these three tight ends if they're available? do they try to trade up which is not the norm for them right how do how do you I, think they handle this i doubt
2: they trade up um i just i mean i guess they could but I, I that doesn't seem like what you know doesn't seem like their personality necessarily or at least it doesn't seem like what they've done lately they move around a lot in the in the middle rounds but um not sure they would move up in the first round and it seems like they might have to move up a lot to get hawkinson i could see fant there i i think it's in the realm of possibility Just with so many quarterbacks, if, if, say, four quarterbacks go in the first round, the amazing defensive line draft. Um, There's some very dynamic uh, receivers. There's some interesting corners. I think I'm a little bit higher on the corner class than a lot of people maybe, so I think there could be a few corners in the late part of the first round. I think there's a chance Vant falls to 32. Um, And if that happens, I think they would definitely scoop him up. Uh, But I can't really see them trading up. It just doesn't really seem like, I guess, uh, it just doesn't really seem like their personality. But who knows?
1: I think they might draft yeah. two of them, though. You know, a, a second rounder, a third rounder, or one of 32 and a third rounder. They have a lot of picks.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I heard this. I can't remember if it's on your guys' pod or someone else. But um, they tend to do things in pairs. Like, they they tend to draft, like, two, two tight ends. I know they drafted a couple tight ends at times. Gronk Hernandez. Um, you know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that the same year, yep, right? Yep. yep. Yeah, so... Um, that seems to be their mo a little bit to kind of like attack things with multiple picks, and so I could definitely see it.
0: Well, they need they need multiple tight ends, they need multiple wide receivers as well. So <laughs> it's good they've got plenty of picks. They somehow, coming off the Super Bowl season, they have a lot of needs. Uh, <laughs> it, if Fant and Hawkinson are both gone, do you think? Well, I'm I'm assuming you do think Irv Smith is a good fit there. You actually had him in your in your previous mock. Uh, Being drafted by the Patriots at 32 overall, and that was that was before we knew officially that Gronk was hanging it up. So, uh, you you like Smith that highly as well?
2: Well, I don't know if you know. I don't think I would give Smith to anyone else in the first round. I think he fits the Patriots like a T, though. Just what they do um, formationally. You know, they've got Devlin, they've got their running backs who can all do multiple things. I think he's exactly kind of a, a Patriot guy. Hawkinson is the the model um, because he can block and, and he's you know dynamic athletically, but I don't think he's going to be there. So Smith to me is another guy who, you know, he can line up in the backfield as an H back. He can do, you know, slice blocks across the formation. He can move, he can block on the run. He's smaller. He's not quite as athletic, clearly. Um, he's a, he's a step down from the, the first two guys. Um, but his dynamic, his, his versatility to kind of line up as, as multiple positions, I think would be a lot of fun, like putting him in the same formation as uh, Devlin and a couple of their running backs, I think he could do a lot of fun things. Um, clearly, losing Gronk kind of changed um, the dynamic of that offense, and they need they need a tight end who can block. But he's not necessarily an inline guy; he's more like an H back. But I just think he has that value as a receiver slash, you know, backfield blocker that that I think would really fit.
1: They used Gronk a lot as a move blocker too, whams, and you know, even like pulling them and things like that. And I think Smith is a real possibility to end up at thirty-two, especially with the Saban-Belichick connection.
2: Yeah, totally. And um, he just, yeah, to me, he just screams kind of patriot. So um, I think Hawkinson would clearly be the ideal, but but Smith is sort of a good consolation prize. He, I think he's really valuable um, in in both the pass and the blocking in the blocking game. So um, he could he could definitely give them some value there.
0: All right, Danny, in that in that previous mock, you had Green Bay at 12. We mentioned with Hawkinson, you had Fant going to Oakland, and then Irv Smith, of course, to New England. So outside of those teams, any other teams that you see with an obvious tight end need?
2: I could see the Broncos potentially having for sure. um, so, some interest in Hawkinson for sure because of um, – you know they're. they're I, I can't even remember their new offensive coordinator's name, but I know he comes from the Shanahan school of thinking, and in, in terms of like getting your tight end, you know, the, involved in the passing game, they use a lot of two tight end sets, things like that. I could definitely see them um, going there. I think the Seahawks are another team that could potentially be really. If Hawkinson fell to twenty one, I, I don't think the Seahawks would trade back. <laughs> I think that they would uh, probably sit there and take him just because he gives them so much in the in the run game. I know that's so important to them. Um you know the red the, the Ravens, um, they love tight ends. I you almost like can never just say that they're out on tight ends. They just take so many <laughs> tight ends. Um but I they probably won't be this year. Uh, uh, I but those, would hope not. <laughs> yeah, seriously, but you never know.
0: Detroit is another one that has been no doubt. projected. They've got that eighth pick. Uh, so yeah. I've seen Hawkinson
1: uh, being sent there and some some mocks as well
2: that's another yeah that's really interesting too i think jackson know, should
1: pounce all on uh, pounce on him if he's there too i mean as much as they run the ball quarterback friendly guy and maybe even yep. the bills
2: yeah the bills would be an interesting one they just got croft but that he you know he's nothing to to write home about right. so um yeah i i all those you know that's like three four in a row right there that could take him so uh, absolutely
0: all right, great stuff, Danny, talking about your, your first-round mock and some team needs. We're going to finish up, as we always do, with a dynasty rookie mock. Uh, just Sweet. one round. And, Matt, you've got the first pick.
1: Yeah, I'll take Jacobs. Um, I, I don't love this class, but I think he's clearly the number one guy. Really? Yeah. That's, that surprises me. It it's, guess it's my first it time seems, to have the first pick. Huh. Uh,
0: I, I guess so. It, it just seems like he's... His value, again, both NFL draft and dynasty, has taken a little bit of a hit since that that pro day. He he's actually not even my RB one anymore. Really? So uh, yeah, maybe who do you who is yours? What? Let's wait till you he you pops not up. <laughs> You're not telling. <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> we'll, we'll discuss it in just a minute. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I know. I think I know. Okay. But, um,
0: all right. You've got the second pick, Danny.
2: I'm waffling between three receivers here, so you don't even have to worry. Um my gut tells me to go with Harry, but I'm very, very intrigued by both uh, both Butler and Metcalf. Um, but I feel like probably the safest pick is Harry, so I'm going with Harry.
0: I think that's a, exactly the thinking of a lot of dynasty owners right now. Uh, Harry, I think, is probably the most popular choice to be not only the first wide receiver, but the, the 101 overall. And... Being a safe pick is is a lot has a lot right. to do with that.
2: I mean, he to me he's very scheme versatile, right? And quarterback versatile, and he's you know I, he's just he's got a lot of uh, I guess built in safety nets, and so um, I like I, I maybe like those other two guys a little bit more, but yeah, for dynasty purposes, I think that's the pick.
0: Well, I'm going to take one of those guys. I'm going to take my wide receiver one. My one point o one overall and that is Hakeem butler i nice. i just i continue to you know watch as much and read as much as I can about all these guys, and obviously that impacts my ranking so that moving butler up is actually a, a move i'd been kind of mm-hmm. thinking about a lot uh, over the past few weeks and and finally pulled the trigger and, and we'll, we'll see what the NFL draft will do that landing <laughs> spots and draft capital is is going to throw all those rankings out the door and, and we <laughs> we have to start fresh but that's that's the fun of it Matt you've got the fourth pick
1: yeah I, I like Butler as the number one receiver too but to sit here at four and get DK Metcalf uh, that's a little too enticing I might my questions about him as a prospect but if he hits he might hit huge all right Danny you've got the five
2: this one's tough because I think that you know my two top guys, the two guys I'm thinking about here are AJ Brown and, and Montgomery, David Montgomery. Um I guess it sort of depends on whether you want a running back or receiver. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Brown here. I just think he, he's another safe he's sort of another safe pick, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um just in the sense that you know he can play in the slot, he can I think he probably could end up playing outside too. Some, you know, big, fast, physical, all that stuff. So he, he's he's actually in the same kind of boat I think as Harry.
0: Yeah, I think he's the safe pick as well. And I've I've seen some uh, some folks I trust who have them as have him as their one hundred and one as their top rookie yeah. still in this class. So uh, that's that's what's going to happen. You're going to get to the four, the five, the six pick, and you're going to get these these elite prospects still in this class, especially at the receiver position. Brown was going to be my pick, but since you swiped him, I have to go. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to the running back. I am going to take my RB1. This is another change I've made. It's Miles Sanders. As mm, the, that's uh, what I thought. Yeah. that uh, I've just been really, again, more and more impressed by him. Uh, Matt, we actually had a question about him uh, for our upcoming episode that One of our listeners thought I was hating on him a little bit. And I don't know if that was the case earlier in the off season. It was just, just a little bit of uncertainty about him as, as a top prospect. And again, the more I've seen of him, read about him, the more that has changed. And uh, I think there's questions about Jacobs. There's questions about Montgomery. And to me, there's just less questions or fewer questions about Sanders. I think he's not only the safest, but I think he might have the highest upside
1: of this group as well. That's who I would have taken, but one question for you, Danny. Do you you worry about his ball security? He's a fumbler.
2: He had like 10 fumbles on 300. Uh, this is off the top of my head, but like 10 fumbles on 300 some touches. Mm-hmm. So that's worrisome for sure. Although I, I will say he was in a, a lot like a read option heavy offense. So some of the stuff was just mesh points, you know, like fumbles. But um, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a concern. Yeah, I'm on the clock. That's good. He's overall a very clean process. Yeah, that's only my. That's
1: like the only big negative I have with him.
2: He's good in the passing game. He's good in pass pro, explosive, very very elusive. You know, I I like him a lot.
1: Yeah, Um, I'll take Montgomery then too. Not a lot of suspense there. I don't think that's a solid pick. I should
2: probably stop telling you guys who I'm like waffling between, (laughs)
1: right? Because they all (laughs) disappear.
0: (laughs) But yeah. Danny, don't do that in in your real Dynasty rookie drafts here in, in a few weeks.
2: Uh, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty true. Um, just just a tip.
0: All right, <laughs> uh, you're up with the eighth pick, though.
2: Oh man, this is a tough one. Let me think about this for a second. So this is obviously not a tight end premium league.
0: No, not, no, not. we just one quarterback, uh, typical tight end scoring.
2: Okay, so I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Daryl Henderson here. And I don't feel extremely confident about that, but that's what I'm going with. I just think he has um, the slashing ability, the you know pass catching potential, um, home run hitting potential. I, I, I'm I'm kind of torn on him, but I I like it. I, you know, at number eight, I think that's fine.
0: Yeah, I do as well. Um, obviously, you were considering the tight ends, or at least thinking about uh, some of the tight ends there. And I think this is probably the range where you start to see them. Uh, at least being considered or, and yeah. or maybe be coming off the board, depending on landing spots. Uh, it is back to me. I'm going to take the guy who you mentioned is falling. Um, I'm going to take Kelvin Harmon. And I, I think you're spot on there. There's some concerns about him post combine, but this is a guy who was a top three or four pick six weeks ago. So to get him at nine, even even oh, with yeah. those concerns, I think is a pretty good value in a dynasty rookie draft. Matt, that puts you on the clock with the 10th pick. Yeah.
1: I was torn between Harmon and Harris, the running back out of Bama. I'm going to go with uh, that decision was made for me. He just seems like a <laughs> double, you know I mean? He seems like a really solid pick. He's going to help his team. Maybe he's never going to be a pro bowler, but he's a quality player.
2: So Matt, now my decision is, uh, it comes down to fan or Hawkinson. I, I lean Hawkinson. I just think he's, uh, he's just a really, really good overall player. Um, and it'll probably, to me, be a little bit earlier contributor. So I'm going Hawkinson here.
0: Yeah, as, as we said earlier, I think he's basically locked up that tight end one spot in the NFL draft. But there, there's still some debate when it comes to Dynasty, if you want Hawkinson, if you want Fant. Right. And then if, if your previous mock is correct and Irv Smith does go to New England, uh, I think he could leapfrog both of those guys in, yeah, in yeah. Dynasty drafts. All right, I've got the last pick. Uh, I think I, I kind of hinted at this earlier. I'm going to go with wide receiver, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. This is where I'm going to be uh, targeting him late first, early second round. And uh, I, I like Fant. I like some of these other guys still available, obviously. But uh, I'm going to go with Arcega-Whiteside to, to wrap it up here. Nice danny uh, thanks for joining us man great stuff on uh, on the first round and team needs and definitely uh, i would suggest everybody go check out the ringer.com for your updated first round mock draft which comes out next week is that right yes
2: yeah, everything should be up on Tuesday so'm I'm, I'm I've got an update on the big board updated order updated uh, there's it's up to 64 players. And then an updated mock draft. That's my mock draft 4.0. And then we're also going to have a really cool in-depth team needs section that Robert Mays uh, put together. So that's going to be really cool. So, yeah, check that out. I think it's Tuesday. I'm not – no promises, but I'm pretty sure we're going to be uploading that on Tuesday.
0: All right. Great stuff. Uh, Danny, before we go, tell our listeners where they can find you and your work other than The Ringer.
2: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Danny B. Kelly. And, yeah, just check out The
0: Ringer and search for The Ringer NFL Draft Guide. All right, great stuff. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week with more Dynasty Blueprint.